You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Shalom and welcome back to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. I hope you are having a good, meaningful inspirational, productive week. Um, I I want to say two words, dark adaptation. You know, everyone, everyone has been there at some point or another. You walk from a brightly lit room to a very dark room, right? Ha- what happens for the first few moments, you can't see a blessed thing. But what happens... After that, you stay there for a few minutes, and over time, you're able to detect the room's contents. You could start to see, oh, there's a couch, there's a bed, there's this, there's that. This phenomenon about our eyes adjusting to the dark, there's a name for it, just like there's a name for anything and everything. Um, The phenomenon is called dark adaptation. And it allows the eyes, not it allows, but it, it means that the eyes slowly adjust to be able to see in the dark. So take a step back, because it is the nine days that we're in, and, and I, I think there's a, a powerful message from this concept of dark ad- adaptation. Imagine for a moment you lived during the era of the second Beis HaMikdash in the year 70 CE. You recently brought your Korban Pesach as an offering to Hashem and basked in the glory of the Divine Presence. Right, You were so close to the Shekhinah. You were Ola Regal. You left the Beis HaMikdash after Pesach with a feeling of excitement to come back very soon for the next holiday. Shavuos. Sure enough, Shavuos, as it drew closer, you embarked on your second journey back to the Beis HaMikdash to be Ola Regal yet again. Pa'am Shenis, to witness the great fanfare of the Karbunah Omer, the Shteha Lechem. It, it was so inspiring, so meaningful. It was so amazing, so uplifting. When you left the Beis HaMikdash after Shavuos, you had yet another feeling of excitement to come back very soon for the next holiday, to be Ola Regal and Bimashlim, the three cycles, the, th- the third time, to come back for the next Regal, which would be Sukkis. But my friends, again, in this imagination, we're in the year 70 CE, during the second temple, during the second Beis HaMikdash. My friends, we all know what happened that year. Nor Korbanos, not a single carbon was brought on Sukkot. No one made the journey. No one made the trek to Yerushalayim. That year, 70 CE, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed on the 9th of Av. A few months before Sukkot had the chance to be celebrated. Can you even begin to imagine the pain, the loss? It must have been devastating. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. One day it was there, and then it was gone. For the Jewish people at that time, it was like entering from a sunlit porch to a pitch-black room. The immediate transition from light to darkness, like we mentioned before, going into that dark room, it's blinding. But we all know too well what happens. It's only blinding for a little bit, for the time being. But over time, the longer we remain in a dark room, the more we become acclimated to it. 
and we start to gain a sense of vision. We become used to the darkness and, be, and we begin to feel comfortable in that very room. Hey, somebody offers, do you need a flashlight? And we just say, no thanks, I, I can see just fine. And the same is true in, in, in our lives today. The further along in that we are in this dark exile, the more we become accustomed to the dark. And we experience a phenomenon that I like to call spiritual dark adaptation. We become used to the exile and convince ourselves that we are just fine where we are. Somebody again offers, hey, you need a flashlight? You want Mashiach to come? And we reply, no thanks, I'm fine. I can see just fine where I am. Chazal dispelled the notion that the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash happened a couple thousand years ago and we're merely commemorating its loss. That's not how we are meant to view these days. It goes much deeper than that. The very fact that the Beis HaMikdash is not yet rebuilt means that, so to speak, on a certain level, we are the cause for its destruction. It's it's very interesting. You know, this week we're beginning a new Sefer, the book of Devarim, Sefer Devarim. And it's always read, Parshas Devarim, Sefer Devarim, we begin, it's always read the week of Tishabav. So nothing is a coincidence, including this. And there's something unique about Sefer Devarim in contrast to the other four books of the Torah. They're written slightly differently. Generally speaking, the other four books... Barashas, Shemos, Vayikra, Bamidbar. Generally speaking, these four books are written in the third person. As an example, many times it says, Vaydavar Hashem al Moshe. Hashem spoke to Moshe. That's third person. Whereas the book of Devarim, if you'll notice, there's a nuance of a difference. But Derech Klal, generally speaking, the book of Devarim is not written in third person, rather, it's written in the first person. As an example, it says, Hashem spoke to me, right? That's different than Hashem spoke to Moshe. It's coming from a more personal, from a, uh, from a first-person perspective. And I find this absolutely mind-boggling. And perhaps the fact that we read Devarim right before Tisha B'av is meant to teach us an important message regarding the Chorban. The destruction of the Besa Mikdash we often view as, hey, it's third person. It's, it's he, she, they, it. That's what caused the destruction. But that's not. There's a subtle message over here. When we read Sefer Devarim, when we begin to, when we, when we begin to Varim, specifically during the nine days, right before Tisha B'av, perhaps there's a message for us that, no, 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 no. It's not the third person. It's not he, she, it, they that are the cause for the destruction. Rather, it's first person. We have to start training our minds to think first person. It's I, it's we, it's us. It's, it's me and it's me and it's me and you. Again, I'm not going to say you. It's, it's, it's I and it's we. It's, that's the cause. It's, it's a game changer. It's other, otherwise, we're blaming it's he, she, it's them. It's outside of me. I, what, what, what can I do? But no. We read Devarim, it's first person. It gives us this message to reframe our minds, to reframe our mindset that we have to be thinking during during this time of year, we have to be thinking in the first person. What can I do? What can we do as a family, as a community 
to bring the Mashiach, to bring Mashiach closer, to bring more Kavod Shemayim in this world. What can I do to bring the Beis HaMikdash today? I'm not going to worry about everybody else around. I'm not going to worry about what happened five years ago, or ten years ago, or a thousand years ago. The people who lived during the era of the, of the, of the destruction, I'm not going to think about that either. I'm going to think about me in first person. What can I do to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash today? What am I going to do at this moment to 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 bring the Mashiach one step closer? Am I going to, uh, you know, daven a little bit extra, learn a little bit more, offer a helping hand, give a little bit more tzedakah, whatever it is, keep Shabbos. Uh, you fill in the blank of something that you can do to bring Mashiach. But think, ref- let's reframe our minds to be thinking in the first person. It, it, there's an interesting concept in Yiddishkeit if something is not being built, by definition, it's being destroyed. There is no such thing as sailing, as dormancy, as remaining stagnant. We're either falling or growing, destroying or building, uprooting or planting. If the Beis HaMikdash is not yet rebuilt, that means we have ourselves to blame, not our ancestors. As hard as it may be, we have to get into that same mindset of a Jew living in the times of the Beis HaMikdash in 70 CE. He was able to feel the darkness of the Chorban because a moment before, before, he was basking in the light, and all of a sudden this quick transition from light to dark was blinding and terrifying. We must not experience a spiritual state of dark adaptation, and God forbid get used to living in the dark. Rather, we must realize that exile is not where it's at. This is not the ideal state of where we could and should be. We should feel uncomfortable in exile and live with a sense of unease. And we must, and we have to always remember, just, just as we should view ourselves in the first person, I and we, in terms of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, we must also view ourselves in the first person, I and we, in terms of the ultimate construction of the third Beis HaMikdash. If we do our part individually and communally, Amir Tashem, then we'll be, it will merit to be part of the cause. We will be part of the cause for the rebuilding of the third Beis HaMikdash. It's interesting, this week's Parsha is composed of 1,548 words. 1,548 words. Okay, very interesting. 1,548 What's the significance of that? Happens to be there's only one Pasuk in the entire Torah that has that numerical value, that has that gematria. It's a Pasuk in Bereshis, Perak Chafvav, Pasuk Yotes. The Pasuk says, Vayachpru Avde Yitzchak, Banachal, Vayimtsu Sham Be'ermaim Chaim. Um, it's uh, talking about the servants of Yitzchak who were digging um, in the wadi, in the nachal, and they found a well of spring water, right? They were re-digging. The Avram Avinu was known to, to dig wells, and um, they were re- the, the plishtim had subsequently stopped them up. The servants of Yaakov in this pasuk are found to be, um, you know, re-digging those wells, and they found the Be'er Ma'am Chaim, they found the well. It's interesting, I found a fascinating Lakuti Moran. You know, the the Lakuti Moran points out that the different aspects that were part of the Jewish people in the Midbar, um, in the merit of Moshe, Aaron, uh, Miriam, right? We we know the three were um, the Be'er, the well, the, the Anan, the cloud, and the Mun. 
And it's interesting, the Lakute Moran in, in section 58, Nunches, he says, Umosha haya nishmaso kolol mishlosha avos. His neshama was from the three avos, and they each got an it had a certain level of koach that was drawn from the three items that we just mentioned, from the Be'er. The Be'er, Ma'im Chaim, is Ze Bechinas Avram. It represents the Bechina, the realm of Avram Avinu, the, who, was, who was Chesed, right? Represent, chesed is that positive, it's that light, it's that koach, that energy. Um, and Avram was the one who began to build, to, sorry, who began to dig the wells. The Anon, the cloud, was in the realm of Yitzchak, Bechinas Yitzchak. Bechinas, says the Lukuti Moran, Choshech Anan Varafel represents a certain level of darkness. Um, the right, the cloud. It's hard to see a Rafel. Where, where, what's going on? And 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 we know Yitzchak also represents Din. So there's this inter- interesting dichotomy over here, and perhaps there's there's a fascinating insight we can take. And that is on one on a certain level, Avramavino representing Chesed, representing the well, representing this idea of life, vitality, of 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 beauty, of grandeur, of of light, right? And yet Yitzchak, on the other hand, is in the Bechina, is in the realm of the cloud, representing a certain level of darkness. But what does this Pasuk say? Something interesting, something fascinating. It says, Vayachru avde Yitzchak, the servants of Yitzchak were digging, Banachal, Vayimtsu Sham, and they found there, Be'er Ma'im Chaim. They found this source of life. They found the Be'er Ma'im Chaim. And homiletically, perhaps we can suggest that there's this idea that even in this Yitzchak, even in this Din, even in the Choshech and the Arafel, and now we could apply it to Galus, even in the darkness, V'yintzu Shom Be'er Ma'im Chaim. It's there that you can find Be'er Ma'im Chaim. You can still find um, light. You can find a certain level of energy. You can find that Chesed. You can find that Bechinas of Avram. You can find that spiritual light and luminescence. And us being a light, the Jewish people, we're supposed to be a light unto the nations. And that's true whether we're in, the, whether Mashiach is here or not. And even now in Galas, yeah, it's dark. And like we said, don't get too acclimated. Don't get accustomed to that. There's this concept of dark adaptation, which we don't want to get too comfortable in Galas. But at the same time, while we're here, let's have that mindset of I and we and be in the realm of what can I do today to bring the Mashiach closer? Realize that, yeah, we might be in this Choshech, in the Anan, in the Arafel, but still, we can find light, we can bring light to the table, we can illuminate the world around us. But it first starts from ourselves, how we behave, how we conduct ourselves, and how I am bringing Mashiach one step closer. Let us reframe our minds from not thinking of he, she, it, they, but to I and we and us. And what can we do today to bring the Mashiach one step closer? Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. If you like this content, please leave a rating, please review, and we're to show. We'll see you next time.